Welcome, market participants, to another three things in credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Midterms are largely behind us. Earnings season is largely behind us. And CPI is now behind us. Time for a little R&R. Oh, wait. Crypto contagion. About all we have to offer on this is a photo we came across of FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried being interviewed recently at a conference by Giselle Bunchen. A picture worth a thousand words. This week, our three things are, one, a cool CPI print. It is but one data point, but it suggests inflation is coming under control. Two, avoiding recession. It's not our base case, but two highly credible voices lay out how it could happen. And three, debt ceiling. It's back on the radar, the thing no one wants to talk about. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. The world of investing is anchored by a number of tried and true cliches. And here is our one for today. One number does not make a trend. But yesterday's consumer price index is exactly the kind of print that investors and the Federal Reserve want to see. Of course, CPI rose three-tenths month-on-month, better than the consensus estimate of five-tenths and the prior month's six-tenths. This is only the third time in the past 20 months where inflation has come in better than the estimate. And we can now, it seems, retire those highest inflation in 40 years headlines. Regular listeners of the podcast know that we have regularly updated improvements we are seeing on the inflation front. For instance, the dramatic improvement in global supply chain inefficiencies and the fall in the commodities price complex. We have pointed out the lagged effects in the CPI measure, especially regarding its largest component, shelter. We have pointed out the improvement in other, better inflation measures, such as the New York Fed's underlying inflation gauge. And even though CPI is not the Fed's favorite inflation measure, that would be PCE, although it considers a range of measures clearly, CPI is what the market watches. Here is what we think is relevant to credit investors out of yesterday's CPI print. One, we are likely past peak inflation. Services inflation continues to increase, so we are far from out of the woods, but that has been meaningfully offset by falling goods inflation. Two, it points to a softer landing. While we still believe a mild recession is likely in 2023, Fed-friendly data reduces the central bank's impulse to hike rates aggressively, which would intensify a contraction. The chance of the terminal rate hitting 6 or 7 or 8% has gone down. 3. On the margin, it makes longer-duration assets a bit more appealing. With the market-implied terminal rate dipping below 5%, longer-lived assets become more attractive. 4. It opens up a big, favorable window for issuance. With corporate earnings out of the way, midterm elections in the U.S. largely out of the way, and CPI now out of the way, the next important data dates are not until December 2nd with non-farm payrolls and December 13th with November CPI, both before December 14th's next meeting of the FOMC. Does this meaningfully reduce the likelihood of recession in the U.S.? We would say no. Raising rates by 400 basis points in eight months and rolling out quantitative tightening is having policymakers' intended effect, tamping down demand. We clearly see that in the housing market, 
and in an earnings recession evolving in corporates, X-Energy, and in the surveys of consumers, as well as small and large businesses. The effects of all of this will continue to play out gradually and cumulatively over the next 12 months. Now, it's important to remember that core CPI remains 230 basis points above Fed funds. And the jobs market, the imbalance in the economy the Fed is looking to correct, remains very tight. Moreover, inflation remains well above the Fed's 2% PCE target. So investors should assume the central bank will remain in a hawkish stance. But today's release is a big step in the right direction. All right, on to our second thing, taking the other side of the other side. Two viewpoints that I highly respect came out this week that questioned the consensus conviction that a recession in the U.S. is likely. Rashir Sharma, who is chair of Rockefeller International and former chief global strategist at Morgan Stanley, and the economics team at Goldman Sachs, both cite progress on the inflation front that could allow the Fed to back off its aggressively tightening program, as well as strong enough underlying growth dynamics as the basis for their respective views that a recession should not be a foregone conclusion. Mr. Sharma, who published his thoughts in an opinion piece in the FT, comes at this in a way that is near and dear to my heart, testing conventional thinking. He quotes John Maynard Keynes, who once warned that, quote, the inevitable never happens and the unexpected constantly occurs, unquote. His, meaning Mr. Sharma's, no recession scenario, assumes that inflation comes down quickly, which would allow the Fed to dial back its tightening program. He points to progress being made on the inflation front as a result of the loosening of supply chain constraints and signs that wage growth is starting to slow. And he makes mention of the fact that consumer and commercial spending has been strong, with both coming from positions of strength that should be sufficient to keep growth going through the effects of tightening. He does acknowledge, however, that the stock market sell-off and the inverted yield curve are warning of recession to measures that need to be taken into consideration. The Goldman view calls for a below-consensus 35% chance of recession over the next 12 months. They believe that fiscal and monetary tightening has slowed demand growth sharply, but stopping short of recession in what it calls a, quote, remarkable achievement, unquote. You don't hear a lot of that with regard to the Fed these days. Now, pushing against that downdraft, is a strong jobs market that is driving healthy growth in real disposable income. Importantly, the firm sees wage growth slowing as supply and demand in the labor market are coming into better alignment through reduced job openings. The firm acknowledges that there is risk the Fed over-tightens and or there are problematic disturbances coming out of the global economy and geopolitics. Our view is that a recession in 2023 is likely although we expect it to be on the mild side because of some of the things Mr. Sharma and Goldman talk about, mostly the relative strength of the consumer and commercial sectors coming into the downturn. Where we differ is on the impact of tightening. Deploying a shock and awe approach to tightening in an effort to catch up to running away inflation is not a surgical exercise. It's blunt force, and it's likely to result in collateral damage and unintended consequences. Moreover, if the incentive is not to become Paul Volcker, who is remembered for not taming inflation in 1980, it is a safe bet that this Fed will finish the job. That is not to imply that the Fed will continue to hike beyond 5%, but we do expect it to adopt a higher for longer approach before pivoting. 
All right, on to our third thing, the thing no one wants to talk about. Markets can be pleased with a couple of things in the wake of U.S. midterms. One, it's almost over. And two, gridlock seems to be the most likely outcome. Markets like the kind of certainty, the lack of change that our two parties increasingly choose to accept as part of their ever-growing ideological differences. While unquestionably suboptimal, I naively hope for effective problem-solving and enlightened policy outcomes. Our tax dollars at work unchecked could lead to a worse place. Now, one thing that hasn't changed is the bitter split separating Americans. The you're either with us or against us divisiveness that undermines our ability to govern effectively, especially when it comes to tackling big issues. Two big issues lie in a way that have implications for investors, continuing to fund Ukraine's defense against Russia and raising the debt ceiling. The latter will have to be raised in 2023, and House Republicans have already signaled that they are spoiling for a fight. The American people expect Congress to use every tool at its disposal to combat rising prices, to strengthen our economy, to secure our border, to bring down the cost of energy, to fix our supply chains, and to right-size the federal government. That comes from Jason Smith, Missouri Republican, who is a top contender to lead the House Ways and Means Committee. And he adds, somewhat ominously, the debt ceiling absolutely is one of those tools. Now, President Biden countered with, There is nothing that will create more chaos than this, adding, it's outrageous, it's irresponsible. You can see where this is headed. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers jumped in, saying, Brinksmanship in this environment into a Fed tightening cycle and where there is substantial illiquidity in the Treasury market could be catastrophic. The timing of this, mid-year 23, could also be problematic in that the country could quite possibly will be in recession when Republicans presumably will not only be unwilling to pass stimulus, they may be looking for spending cuts, something that is likely to make the downturn worse. Jason Furman, who chaired President Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, weighed in this week saying, the odds of something worse than the 2011 episode are higher than ever before and the consequences would be even worse. Political and market strategists will have a field day gaming this one out. Scorched earth strategies seem to be a base case, and that will not be good for credit. Keep an eye on it. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, a cool CPI print. It is but one data point, but it suggests inflation is coming under control. Two, avoiding recession. It's not our base case because the damage hiking 400 basis points in eight months has been done. Three, the debt ceiling debate. It's back on the radar and it puts a pit in our stomach. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week.